Jesus is the sinless image of God that was high and lifted up. What does this mean? And what does it have to do with me and my problem? I'm Pastor Jason Barnett, and this is the Dirt Pastorman Podcast. Numbers chapter 21, and we're going to be reading verses 4 through 9. They traveled along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when you spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. During this, this season of Lent, we've been taking a different path than, than, than most. Uh, most times when we go through this season leading up to Resurrection Sunday, we look at the gospel stories that you know, share with us the, the, the stories of Jesus' suffering on the way to the cross. And while that is important for us to read and know and understand, what, what, and to know what happened in the life of Jesus and, and how he got to the cross, it's also important for us to understand how that fits in with God's grand scheme of salvation and how that fits in, in the story of the Bible as a whole. So we've been going a little bit different. We've been looking in the Old Testament at moments where God says to us, never again. And he, and he gives us these never again promises that are affirmed through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So this passage we're looking at today is, is another one of those where God tells us never again. And it's focusing on God's people as they are journeying, journeying to the promised land. Uh, and on their journey, tragedy finds them, and they need healing, healing from God. So as we look at this passage, uh, we're going to be trying to answer the question of, what about me and my problem? Now understand what this, this problem the Israelites face. They don't go looking for some witch doctor. They don't call up the Ghostbusters. They don't, they don't try and find only one Kenobi. No, they look to the God who loves them. So as we look at this, verses 4 and 5, it, it tells us that the Israelites, they are, they are drank, traveling to this promised land, the land that God has, has been leading into as after he freed them from Egypt. But they are taking the long way around. You see, they were really close. They were really close to reaching their destination. All they have to do is travel through the country that is owned by the Edomites. 
king and they ask for permission. And the Edomite king looks at them and says, no, you can't go. You cannot cross through our lands. Sorry. If you do, you try and cross through our land, then we will take you out. So don't do it. So the Israelites are obedient. Are, they, they don't try and fight. God tells them, don't go make war with these people. Just take the long way around. So that's what the Israelites are doing. They are, they are now going south to go north. And they're, they're wandering through the wilderness. And the area in which they're traveling, it is, it is not a, you know, there's not a lot of food there. There's not a lot of water, especially for a nation their size, traveling with animals, their families, their kids. But God makes special provision for them. He sends bread down from heaven. He, he, he turns, he makes water come out of rocks to provide for his people as they're journeying to this promised land. But after a while, the Israelites get tired of the man. That's what verse 4 and 5 tells us. It says, but the people grew impatient on the way. And they looked at Moses and said, we had nothing but Maggie bread for three stinking books of the Bible. That's all we've got is this nasty, or this, this manna from heaven. We don't like it. Can't we have something else? Makes me think of Is there anyone here that likes the show MASH? The old army show? I used to think that show was all lies and fake until I joined the military myself. No, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> but one of my favorite episodes, uh, they, 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 they're eating nothing but fish and liver for like weeks. And Hophead goes into the chow hall and as he's in there, he says, if it's, if, it's liver, if it's liver or fish again, I'm going to lose it. And sure enough, he walks in and, and he walks up cautiously to the chow line. That cook, that, that cook with a big grin on his face pulls the, the top off and says, which is it, liver or fish? And Hawkeye flies in this fit of rage. And it's, it's a classic episode. That, that's how I imagine the Israelites are. They wake up that morning and they're like, oh look, it is manna again. Yay for us. They are upset about it. Where it says, that they, they go on to call it, we detest this miserable food. They literally, they were saying that this food is making us sick. We're sick of it, and it's worthless, because we've had it so many times in a row. Now, a key word for us to look at in these verses right here, where it says in verse 4, but the people grew impatient. They're not complaining because the manna tastes bad. They're complaining because... They're growing impatient about reaching their destination. The entire nation collectively is really asking God and Moses, aren't we, are we there yet? How have we arrived to where God is leading us to? That they, are, they are actually sick of God having to perform miracles for them. They, they, want, they want to reach the promised land where they can take care of themselves. They don't want to have to rely on God to, to rain bread in the sky or make water come from rocks. They want to be able to just get these things themselves. And it's this desire for self-sufficiency 
This, this, this idea in their hearts and minds of they, they want to get what's theirs, what's been promised to them. That's what poisons their attitude towards God's gift to them. Verses 6 and 7. So they're, they're, they're impatient. And they start grumbling against God and against Moses. They're literally hissing and spewing out these negative words toward God. They're, they're looking at God who's provided water from rocks, who's rained bread from the sky, and they're saying, we don't like your stuff. Keep it to yourself. It's not good enough for us. We don't want this. They complain about it. They, they, were, they were ungrateful, behaving like that old serpent of the devil, right? So in response, God sends them the snakes. Their sin literally hissed back at them. Snakes start biting them. They don't just, they're not, you know, they're poisonous snakes. They bite them. It doesn't just, you know, cause swelling. It kills them. They start dying off. And they recognize that this was their fault. That they were the ones who grumbled and sinned against God. And so they cry out to Moses. They go to Moses and they cry out, Moses, we hate the snakes. We hate them. Pray for us. Pray, that, pray and ask God to forgive us for, for sinning against him. Tell him we're sorry. And even though they sin, as a nation sinned against God, they recognized that the only way through, the only way that they could find healing, that their only hope for survival was to stop and pray to God. He was the only one that could help them. So in verses 8 and 9, the Lord says to Moses, he, he hears the cry of these people, these people that are ungrateful, who are complaining about God's gifts to them, who are pursuing their, their, their own self-sufficiency and what's theirs. God hears their cry, and he's going to answer and give them a way to save. He, said, he tells Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. And if anybody, was, anybody gets bit by one of these poison snakes, all they have to do is lift their eyes up to this, this bronze serpent on this pole, and they will be healed. So Moses does exactly what God tells him to. And sure enough, if someone was bit, if they, had, if they just had enough faith to look up at the bronze serpent, they were healed from this poisonous snake bite. All they had to do was have enough faith to look up. Now, I want you to know something. It, it was not the bronze serpent on the stick that healed him. It's, it, it's not some magic trinket. It's not some type of uh, thing where a witch doctor has cast a spell over it. Where they look to it, to, they can be healed. No, this, is, this was to point the Israelites to who really could heal them. It wasn't the staff or the snake on the staff. It was designed to remind them that only the Lord their God could heal them. And if 
and they're moaning at me after being bit by this venomous snake, then God could save them. God could heal them. They just had to look up. So what does all this say to us? How, how does this help us you and I answer this question of what about me and my problem? You see, the words of Jesus in John chapter 3, they reveal to us how God is saying to us never again in this passage. Right, right before we get to the most famous verse in all of the Bible, which is John 3.16. What's John 3.16 say? Very good. That is the most famous verse in all of the Bible. But right before you get to that, Jesus says this. He says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness... So must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus connects this moment that happens in the nation of Israel way back in the wilderness to his death on the cross. And with that snake that brought healing to the Israelites. You see that snake that was on that pole? It was not a real snake. Moses didn't go out and take a pole and, and stab it, one of those, 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 those things with it. Although I'm sure some of them wanted to. Well, Moses did was he makes one. He makes one out of something. I don't know. It doesn't tell us what it is. Uh, maybe some type of, since it's bronze, probably some type of bronze metal. And he sculpts this thing and he puts it on a pole and lifts it up, just like God tells him to. You see, the snakes that were attacking the Israelites, they were full of poison. And if it bit them, that, that poison killed them. But when they looked to this snake, the snake that was created to, to be a, an image, like image to the, the snakes that were biting them, that snake that was hanging on the pole was venomous. 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 That sounds right. Okay, we'll go with that. It wasn't poisonous. It was just a piece of metal on a stick. It was a snake on a stick. All they had to do to be saved was look up at that snake on a stick, and they would be safe and healed from the poison that was cursing through their veins. The snake that was hanging wasn't a venomous snake, it was one that Moses formed out of some metal and put on a stick. But if they were bit by the real thing, all they had to do was look, and they would be healed. You see, Jesus, when he says that the Son of Man must be lifted up, he's talking about himself. Jesus. Is God in the flesh. That means Jesus is fully God and he's fully human at the same time. Can I explain that to you? No. Wait, when you read about Jesus, you understand that's who he is. He's fully God, he's fully human. That means he, like us, was the image of God. You see, in the very beginning, when God created us, he created us in his image. We were created to reflect him to the rest of creation. But sin bit us like a venomous snake. Filled us with a poison that leads to pain, death, and destruction. It wreaks havoc in our lives and the lives around us. 
And even though it was the consequences of all our sin, when I said when, when Jesus went to the cross, it wasn't just the sin of Adam and Eve, it was all of our sins, all of our willful decisions to do, do things against God. Jesus took all that sin upon himself. Jesus, the perfect image of God, he was like us, but unlike us, he was not full of doom. He was not full of what leads to sin and death and pain. Jesus, the sinless image of God, was lit high and lifted up on the cross. And all who are poisoned with sin only need to look up at Jesus to be healed from sin. Thus, I'm not just saying to be forgiven of sin. That's part of it. Jesus came so that you could be completely healed from sin. So that, so that sin no longer has any control over your life. So that you are no longer a slave to your emotions and to the desires of your heart. So that you no longer have to be stuck in those broken patterns of your mind. Jesus came and died and was lifted up so you could be completely healed and set free. It's a great pastor. Jesus died for my sin, I get it. But how does that answer the question of what about me and my problem? You're here this morning, you want to know how, how to be able to be healed from your addiction. You're here this morning because you want, you want God to come and heal this broken heart that you have. You're here today because you have some type, you're facing depression or you have some type of hatred and bitterness that you want to be healed from. You have some type of physical injury or illness or limitation that you want God to touch and take away from you. You're here because you have some type of piece of luggage that you've been carrying around in your life that's well into your hand. You want to be healed so you can learn to let it go. You're either carrying out luggage and those things because of sin in your life, through your, your own, the, the sin in your life that's based on your own choices, based on someone else's choice, or just from being in a sinful world that has been through this poison and you want to be healed. That, that's why you're here today. That, that's, that's why you want to ask, you're asking the question, what does this have to do about me and my problem? And the answer is, look up. Look up. Have enough faith in your life to simply look up at Jesus, the Savior who was high and lifted up. You see, Jesus was not simply a curtain to veil God from our sin. He wasn't just there to, to, to block us from the wrath of God. No. If we view Jesus that way, what happens at, um, on, on Calvary, that way, we are mistaken. We're only looking at half of the problem. Yes, Jesus died on that cross as an atonement for sin. But more importantly, Jesus died on that cross as a conduit of God's love. He died on that cross to display God's love to the entire world. Just as those people grumbled in the desert, were bit by the venomous snakes, and they didn't deserve to be rescued. They didn't deserve healing. But God said, as long as you look up, I'll heal you. That's the same for us. No matter what it is you, you brought in here with you today, whatever it is you were seeking to, to ask God to help you and heal you from, all 
all you have to do this morning is look up to the Jesus who is high and lifted up, and He can heal you. Never again will you need to call the witch doctor or seek some crazy solution of this world. You don't have to follow some ten-step plan. Look up. Have just enough faith to look up to the, the Jesus that was lifted up, and you can be healed. You don't need good vibes. You need to look up. Maybe, maybe you're looking up as, and God is healing you. Maybe, maybe when you look up and you see God forgiving, maybe He's going to lead you to medicine. Maybe He's going to lead you to some type of science that's going to bring healing in your life. That doesn't negate that it was God who did the work in your life. Maybe God's going to heal you by taking you home to be with Him. I was, I was once in a classroom setting where I, I was at a specific church, and I don't remember what class it was or what we were studying, but I remember the church was grieving because the Sunday prior, there was a, there was a person who was, was a known drug addict that had come to church, and they had repented and gotten saved, and they, they had witnessed God do that work of transformation in that one moment. That week, they go back out, and they, because of the broken pattern in mind, they make a decision to do the same thing they've always done. One time. And it kills them. Did, did that mean that person wasn't saved when that previous Sunday? Did that mean that God didn't do something? No. Because addiction is a broken pattern of your mind. It's something that you need the power of God to come and heal you from. You need God to come and take it away from you so you can be set free from that pattern. To the new life that he has created you for. And so how did God heal this drug addict? How did he free them from this addiction? What did he do? He took them home to be with him. Where never again would they face the temptations of this world. Never again would they face the bitterness of this world and think that was the solution. God says, no, I'm going to take you. And you're going to come sit by my side where I can protect you, love you, and stand by you. You look to me, I'm going to give you the best way I can. And I'm going to bring you into my presence. God can heal you with medicine. He can heal you with science. He can heal you by taking you home to be with Him. Or God can heal you by simply just one touch from, from Him. When I say one touch, I'm saying if you, just like those Israelites, they were bitten by these poison snakes. All they had to do was look at the serpent that was high and lifted up, and they were healed. There was no medicine involved. There was no happy dances. There, there were no chanting. There was no procedures to follow. The only thing they had to do was have enough faith to lift their eyes from their problem to where God told them to look. And this morning, no matter what it is you're facing, if you want healing in your life, all you have to do is look up. Don't look anywhere else. Look up. Because that's where you're going to find healing. God loves you and He wants to heal you. As the people of God, we believe in divine healing. 
Don't we? We, we believe in divine healing. We believe that God can touch you and free you from whatever it is you're struggling with. So this morning, if you're here poisoned by your own sinful choices, look up. Look up. God can heal you. God can change the way you live your life. But you have to have enough faith to just take your eyes off your problems, to take your, your, take your eyes off what's happening around you. You just have to look up. If you want to be healed from your addiction, your heartache, your hatred, or whatever your physical ailment is, or any of the other poisons of this world, look up. Have enough faith to look up to the helper, to the healer. And he can heal you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And we're going to sing a song this morning in closing. Again, you're here this morning. You, you're not here by accident. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with something. Maybe, maybe you need to look up this morning. You need to be healed from, from something. As we sing this song, it's called Waymaker. Our God is a Waymaker. We've talked about throughout this series that you're never again do we have to chuckle at the absurdity of the impossibilities. Because with God, all things are possible. Even that situation that you brought in here with you today. So as we, as we sing this song together, if you need to come talk to God, if you need to come find healing for whatever it is in your life today, come up here and I will pray with you. Because God, God loves you and He must be healing today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dirt Pass Sermon Podcast. If you live in or near the Greensburg, Kentucky area or find yourself visiting our community on a Sunday morning, please join us at 1030 a.m. Central Time at Greensburg Church of Nazarene, located at 31 Bluebird Lane.